Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross, what's the story, bud? I'm still waiting on that glove. Man, I haven't seen you since. You haven't traveled up for training one time since you won that bet, man. Yeah, you keep on harping on about it. I know. I've been out celebrating ever since, man. Yeah, I, I, and I, I don't, I don't trust the postal service over here, so uh, I can't send it <laughs> in the post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, if you are new to the show, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, we have a very, very very interesting show going up today, and uh, we are going to be joined by a special guest later on. Ross, do you want to say who it is? If it's not obvious, yeah. Hope, hopefully, we will be joined by Nor- Norbert Norveni Jr. Uh, he's fresh off a win in Italy last week, and he's also a good teammate of Michael Venom Page, who's a good friend of the show. He won there in Paris, so we'll be getting into all that with him. So, uh, hopefully, he joins us later. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh... An upcoming star from England, so um, that's going to be very, very interesting. We've been friends for a while, and it just seems like this is the perfect time to have him on, especially training with MVP. I'm sure he taught him everything he knows on the ground in wrestling. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Ross, like speaking of, speaking of English fighters, Darren Till is making waves on the internet again. Um, before we get into exactly what he's saying and to Mike Perry and everything, is he the funniest man in MMA? I would have to say he's naturally the funniest person in MMA, definitely. I mean, like Derek Lewis is up there as well, you know what okay, I mean? Okay. But uh, if you put the two of them, you know, side by side in like, a, you know, a sort of slag off, I think Darren Till will win. He's definitely the wittiest. He has the quick wit humor that people love to see. And also, like, he calls it as it is, to be honest. Um, he, he sort of came out with two brilliant things this week. He said... He's going to batter Jack Hermanson. Then he's like, right, then I'll fight Chimiev. And then I'll fight Adesanya. You know, <laughs> and I quite like when someone lays out their path. Because then, when someone lays out their path, I think fans go, if you can beat those two people, he deserves a title shot. So therefore, he's almost created his own path to a title. And I really, really like that. And the other thing is, which is like, Darren Till won, is he's offered Mike Perry $5,000 corner him at UFC 255 against Robbie Lawler yeah, I, I don't even know what to say like I, I don't know what would be what's actually funnier you know the fact that Mike Perry like low-key hates Darren Hill but also loves him at the same time yeah. Yeah. or the fact that <laughs> Darren Hill loves Mike Perry no matter what do you think it annoys Mike Perry that he actually does like Darren Hill under it all like does, he has to yeah well he's saying he's gonna like beat uh, Robbie Lawler and then go up to 185 and smack Darren Hill and then take the belt off Adesanya. Do, do, you, not th- do you not think like, having Darren Hill in his corner mightn't actually be a bad idea, but it would also get, get him way more eyes on him as well? Well, first of all, he gets an extra $5,000 cash, right? Yeah. Uh, he has another corner spot that he can sell for another amount. Uh, between his missus, Darren Hill, and whoever else he gets in the corner, we'll just say it's a random fan. It's not a terrible thing to actually get um, the five grand off Darren Till, but it's also quite good that he has someone in his corner who knows what they're talking about. That's the thing. That's the thing. You know I mean? And yeah. I think Darren Till, like, with his competitive edge, will want to be on the winning side. You yeah. know what I mean? So he, he'll actually give him good advice. Um, how much do you think it is actually worth to get that experience? Because um, I know there's going to be no fans there, but imagine... Like you went, you were in Connor's corner when he was fighting Jose Aldo. You know, I mean, just something like that. Like, how much is that actually worth? Well, I think the value depends on who you're cornering, because you're only in the cage for that one fight. You're not there. You don't actually have a cage to seat for the rest of it. You're in the back. If you know what I mean. Now, a lot of people pay a lot of money to be in the back as well, running around with all the guys. Like we've been there. We've done that. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know been behind closed doors with all the fighters and like it's serious track we've done it a few times um, and you're, 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 thought of, you're, you're thought of heaven <laughs> yeah well like we did in New York we did in London we did down in Cork you know what I mean like we've done a, a few times now it's not yeah, it's true. not like it's almost the norm to us we go to an event now yeah. it, uh, is, it is funny it is funny the amount of stuff that's happened to us through doing mixed martial arts videos and interviews and podcasts and stuff mm. it's crazy. well we've probably met more fighters in the space of an hour than some people have in their lifetime um 
which is like look something we don't take lightly either like we're no have the opportunity to do that but uh we actually put ourselves in those positions to make that happen as well. So well, you yeah. do it. You do it. And you're pat, like, pat the back to us. Pat the you, back to us. No, you do it. And you're like, we're doing this. And I'm like, all right, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it depends on who you're cornering. You know what I mean? Like if, if McGregor sold a corner spot for the Aldo fight or even better, the Alvarez fight. I'd say the Alvarez fight would have been even bigger because it's like, I think going in the Aldo fight, people were still doubting him. Yeah. So the Alvarez fight, people were like, it's the bloody best. You know what I mean? Yeah. So therefore, yeah. I think like that could have been over 100 grand, I'd say, to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because on title fights, you get four cornermen. Yeah, you do, yeah. So, but like, you know, Mike Perry is, he's definitely a well-followed fighter. You know, he might get 10 grand off someone to sit in his corner, especially that you'd be going to an event during COVID time. So you'd actually be part of an event during COVID time. So you might actually get more because, you know, some fans are like dying to see an event. Um, they they'd actually get to see the event if you went to corner someone. Yeah, like for instance, Floyd Island right now, that would be like the best thing to go to. Like just mm-hmm. to actually witness everything, what exactly is going on, eating the great food, having the lovely weather, you know, that'd be amazing. But even going to the apex, because like you'd be like seeing where the ultimate fire is going to happen. You, you'd always be like a little UFC tour for yourself while you actually going to corner someone in the apex. Well, what would you rather? Do you know, go to Floyd Island or, or Vegas? Well, I feel like if we if we ever go to Vegas, we could like blag our way to get a tour of the Apex. So I'd rather go to Point <laughs> Island, to be honest. Watch that face. Watch that face. Um, yeah, so five grand, Darren Till. Darren Till in Mike Perry's corner. Do you think Mike Perry wins against Robbie Lawler? That's a big if. Does he call out Darren Till who stand there in his corner? I don't. I don't see this actually happen with the Darren Till situation. I think like. He's like might be saw, a bit. Yeah, first of all, definitely yes. But also, uh, I saw that Mike Perry's girlfriend has been getting all these like terrible DMs saying like like from just random keyboard warriors saying disgusting shit, and it's just like he blames his own Darren Till. So I don't think that's actually going to happen. But it was just an interesting thing to to think of how much would it cost. Obviously, it fluctuates between who's fighting and like whether or not it was a title fight. But one thing's for certain. I know I mentioned the Jose Aldo thing, but you wouldn't even have the chance to go in into the octagon and then be like, come on, man, you can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you really want it the last first round that you can yeah. you know, show some of your skills. <laughs> here, here, here's some water. Yeah. <laughs> Spill the ice everywhere. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Robbie Lawler is a good fight though for Mike Perry. I like that. And that, that that'll happen in Vegas as well, because that's UFC two fifty five. So it won't be a fight island fight. Um, so, so there's definitely a lot of rich people in Vegas that probably might go, you know what? I'll give ten grand. And also I think it depends on what is the main event at UFC two fifty five as well in November. So Wait, what you think no it's gonna be? Well it, you know, Conor McGregor said he fight Dustin Poirier at, at the main event of uh, UFC 250. The main event, it's well worth paying five grand to corner Mike Perry to be in the same building for the Conor McGregor fight. That's actually 100% true. Do you think, do you think that this will actually happen or someone will take this opportunity because, uh, like, what happens if it happens once, then other people are going to want to start doing it and then it could turn into a shit show, you know? Or do you think it'd be like a once-off thing like the BMF belt? I don't think it would necessarily be a once-off thing, but I don't see a lot of people doing it if they take themselves super serious as a fighter and they're going to actually go for a belt. So you might get your sort of very good athlete, decent fighter, funny person doing it. Yeah. But you won't get, you know, you won't get Conor McGregor, you won't get Israel Adesanya doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Who'd be so your, elite. Who'd be your ideal person to go in with? Am I fighting or am I other corner? No, no, no. Just like you're, you're either walking in behind holding the belt or like you're. Oh, uh, who, who am I cornering? Yeah, not who you're fighting. Like, obviously, oh, uh, no. I think I'd. Uh, I think I'd uh, corner Kazma. I go smash, smash, <laughs> and then he smash, and then I look brilliant. That's actually that's actually very true. Smash. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I was like nailed it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who else give us another one because like that's a great answer uh, I'll go Ganu. Ganu. 
Punch him really hard. It's like fucking knew it. Brilliant yeah. advice. Mike, <laughs> do what Mike Tyson told you to do. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but it'll work. <laughs> it's just an end his life. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Five grand seems like very little. How much do you think that could go up to? Maybe 15 grand. Because like, you actually get into the event when you do it, which you can't actually do at the moment. Who knows? Gary V is after taking, like, uh, he's now representing all the fighters. So, Mm. He, he could do it somehow by and like 10 grand is nothing to certain people like Roman Bramovich could be like sell the left phalange off the plane like you know yeah but, exactly uh, <laughs> jeez man but uh, he, he, could say, he could say to Frank Lampard I would go right I want you to uh, give a 10% fine to uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek this weekend's wages because I need that to go over to Vegas <laughs> I'll find Kepa that'd be grand but yeah. uh is there any other main news for us from the week? Because, like, obviously, before we get into all the action, um, is there anything else that you saw that broke the internet? Well, Bar- Bar- that, Con- that, that KO, actually, we'll get into that as well. I'm looking forward to that. that. Um, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier is probably the most breaking news. Yeah. Um, What's the update? Do you have any update? Conor and Dustin Poirier seem to... They, they've seemed to verbally agree to fight, um, but there is no date. And this is where the problem is. UFC 255 and UFC 256. Conor McGregor says it has to be in 2020. There are the two pay-per-views that are left uh, in the year. The only problem is is when you do do a pay-per-view, the champions get pay-per-view points. So Conor McGregor jumps in the headlines, UFC 255. Devison is going to get this massive payday for no one <laughs> buying his fight. Uh, and it's not even against Cody Garbrandt. No, it's not. So uh, that would be hilarious because he would never reach a pay-per-view sellout by himself. The only other thing is, I could see them doing it at UFC 256 in December. It would mean giving Amanda Nunes a payday. But if anyone in the UFC deserves a payday, it's probably Amanda Nunes. So I could see them doing it in December, um, being the main event there. But there is one other fight that could headline UFC 255. Uh, there's been no talk now. This is just off my own fruition. What about Jorge Masvidal, Gambred Masvidal versus... Kobe Covington, the chaos. I'd love, I'd love to see that five rounds. If you put that up on pay-per-view, that would definitely outsell uh, what was the original UFC 256 pay-per-view main event, Gilbert Burns versus Kamaru Usman. Yeah, Gilbert Burns seems to, his name's not even being thrown around anymore. And Well, they're saying that he should fight Leon Edwards like for the number one contendership. That's the like new sort of thing for him to do. Yeah. It's just, uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what the story is with Kazma. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I want to see him fight. I, I, they seem to struggle to get him on Fight Island. He's actually came out this week and said, UFC have offered him Wonderboy Thompson and Chris Weidman, the bros. And uh, <laughs> they, they both turned him down. They both said they're not fighting an unranked opponent. Uh, the bros. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not being bad, right? But... If I was a top talent right now, I think I'd try and fight Kazbat now because really, see, he, you're going to end up having to fight him in two or three fights time. I'd rather get him now than get him in a year's two time because he just looks better and better every time he walks into that octagon. Man, I, I can't... Re- I'm, and especially I'm, if you have me in his corner. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to get a... What's the, what's the thing when you, get, when you get people to pay towards uh, something? Patreon. Yeah, we're gonna have to get a Patreon to get you in Kazmat's corner. Yeah, or <laughs> go fund me. Yeah, go fund me, and you get a T-shirt saying "Smash S M E S H." Absolute legend. But uh, okay, that's some interesting stuff. And then obviously next week, Khabib's taking on Justin Gaethje. Also, like that show is gonna be massive for next week. Um, we're already talking about we're trying to get uh, certain people on the show for that because that's uh, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, it could be some of our biggest guests of all time if it works out. So stay tuned. That's very interesting to say. So, Ross, we may as well, we may as well start at the UFC because obviously Norbert, he fights in Bellator, so may as well save Bellator just before he gets back on, before he comes on. But, Ross, over the weekend, UFC fought Ireland. Corey, Corey Sandhagen took on Marlon Moraes. Corey Sandhagen won. Um, I know on the show, I thought, we both actually thought Marlon Moraes would win, but then on the day, I was like, I think Corey will win. Corey Sandhagen got the win. What did you make of the win, Ross? Yeah, it definitely didn't come in the fashion I expected. If you told me there was a spinning wheel, hick, uh, wheel kick knockout, 
which one of them did it, I probably would have definitely put my money on Marlon Royce doing it. He caught him like right on the forehead and he went in for the finish. I almost thought the finish was almost an early stoppage, but then Marais, like didn't contest it whatsoever. So obviously it was it was fine. Um, great win for himself. He's in sort of dodgy territory because, you know, strange enough, Peter Jan still hasn't been booked uh, to defend his title against Aljamain Sterling. But yeah. I think Corey Hans Sandhagen would be actually hoping that Peter Jan wins because I don't think people would be clamoring for the rematch between himself and Aljamain Sterling. What do you think? No, I, I'm not really. This, this, I feel bad for Corey Sandhagen, right? Because this fight was totally overshadowed by the viral knockout that happened earlier on in the night. Um, that like, like no one's even talking. Yeah, that no one's even talking about Corey Sandhagen. The one thing about Bookie with that with that um, with that knockout, supposedly like in the space of a couple of hours, had over five million shares or views or comments or likes, whatever. The, the, viral, it went viral, right? It's called a spade. What it is. Um, no one tagged him in anything. No one tagged him in anything. Nobody. Tagged I, I was actually, I was actually like, because I knew obviously I knew who he was because I watched it and I was like, I was like, UFC didn't tag him. Uh, like the like a lot of the main sites didn't tag him. I just felt really bad for him. I was like, did he not have social media? Because uh, yeah. it was it was one of those things. Like I even saw Rob Lips of Charita. You know what I mean? Like, and I think I think when you know. <laughs> The ultimate casual, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. casual. The, oh, he's well, very casual. Yeah, yeah. You and him are best mates now as well. Yeah. Right? Shout out to Lippy. Always give him stick. He loves yeah. it though, doesn't he? He actually loves that bit of banter, that fella. Um, it goes to but, show that like, casuals are becoming more and more interested in it, full stop. I think yeah. once you get sucked into the MMA world, you, you just you can't get sucked back out, you know? No, it's, it's very, very hard to. Yeah, it's very um, hard. But look, that was a phenomenal knockout. Probably the best knockout I've ever seen. Yeah, I just can't believe your man Buckley that he, because because me and you we do all this sort of social media stuff. We keep an eye out for tags and just the general mm. like locations and hashtags, all that sort of crap that then that people wouldn't really like keep an eye on if they weren't sort of doing this sort of for. Oh yeah, what we're here about is actually I just want to give a quick shout out to all the boxing lads over in Poland. I think that six out of seven of them win. No, five out of six won. Five out of six won. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, also, Slater Sports Consultancy, is that it? Yeah. They didn't tag any of their lads in, in their posts either. I was like, what are you doing, lads? Yeah. Simple. You just have to tag the people how they can get more followers. You know what I mean? Like, very easy, lads. Yeah. I, I, actually... I must send them a DM to let them know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we actually know them, so it's different. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, UFC. Um, they should have tagged Boyd Island. He was, he, was, he was robbed of a couple of hundred thousand followers, like. Oh yeah, definitely, and also makes him like a bigger name in the middleweight division. Yeah, I think he should. I think he should fight Kevin Holland next. I think like that's a match made in heaven. Did not already fight Kevin Holland. I actually think he lost him. Yeah, give him the rematch. Okay, but like you, you just you just know it's a it's a good fight. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that was that was a great fight itself. Anyway, but that knockout was just absolutely insane. Yeah, but um, then also uh, Edson Barbosa. Finally got the finally got the monkey off his back. He got the W in the featherweight division against Macwan Americani. What did you make? Yeah, it he won all. He won all. He won all three rounds. I was, I was very very impressed with him. Uh, I thought it was a step up too far in competition for Macwan. Uh, I think Macwan sort of alludes that in his post afterwards. But uh, Macwan's young. He'll be back for. It. But look, we saw Edson and he, he lost a close decision to Danny Oy. Edson could easily be a top five. Top three, he could beat um, Volkanovski in a fight. I, I wouldn't put it past him. He's yeah. one of the best fighters in the featherweight division already. Yeah, as soon as he moved down there, striking is so clean. Like he also, there's also some very interesting matchups there from the next. Like you could definitely do Max Holloway versus Edson Barboza. People would definitely be game for that. Uh, yeah, um, you could definitely do. Um, him versus the winner of Korean Zombie versus Ortega this weekend. Like yeah. there's plenty of opportunity for Barboza to get get in there again. Yeah. Then also, uh, shout out to Tom Aspinall, the English Frank Mir with the win. Ross, yeah, how far do you think how far do you think Tom Aspinall can go? I think I was only saying this the other day. 
I think he could definitely hang around that top 10 for a very, very long time. Uh, whether he becomes top five or world champion at some stage, I'm not too sure. At the end of the day, it's quite hard to predict the heavyweight division uh, yeah. because at the end of the day, we've seen so many guys just get knocked out once and then like their chin is gone forever. So hard and to then, tell. And then they stay forever. Really, yeah. Yeah. But he, he looks very, very good. So I, I think it's almost going to be sort of level by level. We'll see him go up. Yeah. Uh, I think he hasn't sort of fought a top 25 guy yet. We'll see him in that bracket and then see if he gets on there. And so he will surely goes up. Yeah. it's Two uh, in the heavyweight divisions, I think, is like the biggest pro- one of the biggest prospects for people looking uh, for. I'd say he's definitely there. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. You might think of his name. You know the guy with the mullet from Canada. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think his name's like Asker or something. Um, he 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 definitely does look very very good. But the heavyweight division is always sort of being a an old man's you know hunting ground. I think Cyril Gain is fighting this weekend. A uh, heavyweight. He looks good and. Um, why not say the crochet boss? Uh, just because, why not? Hold on, are you talking about um, the big huge fella? Yeah, the fella who knits the hats for his yeah. opponents. What's his name again? Oh, actually not too sure. Oh, he was in the Ultimate Fighter anyway. Yeah. But, um, Knitting the hats. <laughs> what a legend. I think his name is, for some reason I'm thinking of Marcus, but I could be wrong. But oh, then, Marcus Green. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right, then, uh, who okay, then, uh, obviously, your mate Ben, ben Rothwell lost to Marcin Tabura for decision. Yeah, um, look, these two guys I don't think are ever going to crack into the top five of the UFC, they're just for collecting paydays, really. Let's be honest. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it because you gave him an honorable mention last week, but uh, Rossi, we were talking on the phone over the weekend, and Tom Breeze actually he looked quite good. Yeah, he's a uh, training mates or training uh, partners with two of our good friends, the uh, Edwards brothers, Fabian and Leon. It was a very strange knockout. We knocked him out with a jab. Um, I can't remember the last time I've seen someone knock him out with a jab. I actually think it was like Anderson Silva versus Paris Griffin. Uh, but there you go. You jabbed his way to victory. It was a very nice jab. Yeah, I think I remember was undefeated as well. Was it Bular? Was it? He was undefeated. Yeah, Bular. Yeah. Yeah, eight no. He's obviously never faced anyone good. Yeah. Then um, this weekend, Ross, Brian Ortega's taking on the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung in the featherweight division. Um, this way has been going, like it was, it was announced like a long time ago. These two lads have been going back and forth online. Um, didn't Brian Ortega hit Korean zombies uh, like Asian? I think, I think he was like actor. a translator. I thought he was an actor. Yeah, but I think he was there to be the translator. Jay okay. Park, I think his name is. All right. Um, I thought he was from like K-pop dude or something. You know? No, he is, yeah. But I think he was like there to be... He was like, oh, my mate who's also going to be my translator for the day. If yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, Brian Ortega hit him a slap, which seems like very out of character, Brian Ortega as well. Yeah. Um, but look, these two are going to get it on in the octagon. They seem to have like, squashed the beef now that they're signed to fight each other. Because I think these... These two like they seem quite intelligent. Like uh, Korean zombies serve in the military and stuff like that. So like, I think that will sort of serve to him. And uh, you know, they know they're going to get in the octagon and like punch each other. So they don't need to have this heat outside. They'll be able to settle their beef in the octagon. This could be a number one contender fight as well for Volkanovski. Um, I think Ortega. This is the first time he's fought since he lost to Max Holloway. That's exactly what I was thinking. To- a very very long time ago. And he but, was uh, beaten down then. He was, he was. You know what, maybe need the time off, but he gained a lot of credibility for his toughness in that fight. Yeah. Uh, he, he wasn't going anywhere. He, had a he was on the field as well, chain. wasn't he? He was, yeah. So, I think he's 13-1, and one, if I'm not mistaken. And then Korean Zombie, like, he's just got knockout power in both hands and he's been in so many, like, fight-of-the-year candidates. Uh, I, I just think this one could be an absolute war. I do sort of fancy Korean Zombie to get the nod here just because he has some very good jiu-jitsu skills himself. So I think he, he'll, he won't easily get trapped in Brian Ortega's jiu-jitsu game. 
But in saying that, people like Cub Swanson also are Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts, and he got caught out by Brian Ortega. I just think Korean Zombie's that step level ahead, and you know he's got an elusive twister in his own sub arsenal, which is not uh, something many people have. Was it Korean Zombie's last fight? He did like the spin and elbow. He last he, la, last like the like just as the, the fight was about to be over. No, that he, he got caught by a spin and elbow by a year Rodriguez. And oh, was that it? At four <laughs> minutes, four minutes, fifty nine seconds of the fifth round. Oh, really? Boom. Oh, yeah, that. So uh, I think I think maybe he's beat Jeremy Stevens since then. I could be wrong. Um, well, Korean Zombie is always in fight of the night. Could be fifty grand going into his bank bank account extra on top of his fight person, no matter what. He's a massive, he's a massive following as well, doesn't he? I always see yeah. Brendan Schaub mentioning that like Korean Zombie T-shirts like always get sold out so quick. So uh, this could be huge for Brian Ortega's. Uh, like Asian market to uh, invest in because like obviously Brian Ortega has basically everything like yes the looks the skill you'd be very marketable over in Korea I mean well over in Asia in general but uh, I know I know we could like we could eventually change our minds at the end of the week but I do agree with you I think Korean Zombie will win this I think it could be a bit of a not as brutal as a Max Holloway fight but um, I, do, I could see they're rocking sock and robots yeah, Brian Ortega just didn't look. He doesn't look like he has no pop in his in his in his jab, or you know what I mean. And then like, I, I do know. agree. He doesn't look like he has enough pop in his shot. And also, I don't think his wrestling is good enough. Obviously, his jiu-jitsu is incredible. Yeah, but I think he struggles to bring it to the mat. He's a bit like James Gallagher, isn't he? Yeah, in certain ways, I think he is. Now, uh, I I don't know whether he be like James is as durable as Brian would be, but. In terms of like he, he wants to get it to the mat and try and yeah. you know get the soap, definitely. Yeah, also, I think Brian Ortega can also get a bit bigger. He's he was very he was very like mm. a like almost too lean, like that, but not shredded, just sort of like like skinny fat, skinny fat, yeah. Yeah, but he also does hold a knockout uh, over Clay Guida but via knee, so he uh, well, that's a knee, he does, have, he does have some knockout power in the L knees, all right, and then um. Uh, you mentioned earlier someone look out for a serial gain. Yeah, in the heavyweight yeah. division. Uh, yeah. The Frenchman, he, he, he looks like he, he could be one to look out for in the future. Now, I say that now and, you know, he could get knocked out on Saturday night. Like, that's that's what the heavyweight division is all about really these days, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, you know, don't shoot me if I, if I got that wrong. You will be shot. Uh, Ross Liga, if in... If, Chaitlin uh, Chugigan is taking on Jessica Andrade in the flyweight division. That's the, that's uh, that should be all right. But Ross, there's what this fight here: Jim Crew taking on Modestus Bukowskis in the light heavyweight division. I think this is going to be quality. Yeah, definitely. Especially impressive Bukowskis was on his debut. Yeah, um, I was very very impressed with him there. Remember Cage Warriors champ. Yeah, and Jimmy Crew, like I think his only loss is to Misha Serkinov. Um, look, these are two of the youngest, hottest prospects in the light heavyweight division. Yeah. I'm almost as surprised UFC has matched them up so early in their career yeah. against each other. Yeah, I agree, uh, man. Jim Crew obviously coming out of Australia, and then I think no, Jim Crew's um, New Zealand. I think Dana White's oh, the series. I think that's where they found them. Okay, and then um, um. Bukowskis, is that how you say that? Uh, Modeskis plus Bukowskis. He's a uh, Bukowskis. He's fighting out somewhere out of Eastern Europe, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, he's, no, he's he's Lithuanian but English. He's fighting. He's he's he's, he's English. They, 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 he speaks like, uh, yeah, boy. He's as you said, Cage Warriors uh, uh, champion. He looks very very good. Uh, I think he's undefeated, and Jimmy Crew only has one loss. So you know. The winner of this is definitely one to look out for and could one day be walking around with UFC gold around their waist. Yeah. I, I find it weird the way Jimmy Crude's doing so like he's doing very well ever since he joined, he got into the UFC, but and uh he's from New Zealand, but he never seems to be in that click with um Adesanya. I know they mustn't be in the same gym now, but the, it's not really like team New Zealand. Like he doesn't seem to be part of that. Because he is Australian. Because I just looked it up. It's not very <laughs> New Zealand, no? Uh, I don't know, but he's, he's born in Australia. He's Team Whitaker. Uh, instead of Team Adesanya. Uh, could be could be it. But uh, 
I actually remember who I was thinking of earlier with the mullet. It was actually Tanner Bose who lost a zero gain. Zero gains undefeated. So there's the two young heavyweight prospects to look out for, as well as Mr. Aspinall, the English Frank Mir. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of Basmo? Sorry, for which one? You, you look like you're about to say something. I think you were I, like, still hung up over Jimmy Cruz. I know, man. I, I just Next time you're going to absolutely ruin me on the show, let me know in advance, right? But uh, no, I'll try my best. No, but I just saw here, uh, I was looking at the undercard. James Krause was fighting in the welterweight division. He's, he's doing very well with his coaching as well as fighting. Like he, uh, he, only, he, he showed up there recently on like a day's notice or something. He was coaching something and then he fought, didn't he? In his last fight, I think he fought a UFC 247. He did jump on a short notice. Yeah, that was the Gaethje Ferguson card, I think. You know? And he was like, I think someone's opponent pulled out and he's like, ah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll step in the fight. And he lost a split decision. Yeah, and just one G- Jim Krause, or James Krause is always very, very game. So it'll be uh, interesting to see him. Also, in the Bantamweight division, uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov, Khabib's, I think it's his cousin, is fighting on the show. He's 13-2. Uh, and two, So he's definitely someone to look out for as well. Yeah, and shout out to uh, the Welsh Mike Tyson, John Phillips. This weekend as well, taking on John Young Park. Well, it has to go better than the last fight from. Yeah, well, they get some decent scraps on this weekend, anyway. So, but um, anything else to say about the UFC before we move into the Bellator? No, I think we that's <laughs> very well covered. Um, Bellator also had some fantastic fights on in Pali the, this weekend. Basil, how much do you love watching fights before ten o'clock? Joe, when when I'm I know it's Bellator and it's it's not the UFC like you the UFC is always on so late, but I, I, you 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 get that feeling uh, that like what Americans are getting when they're watching the fights at like respectable hours, you know? Like yeah. I get a, I get it for work at five o'clock in the morning, so like to be awake for fights and it's five o'clock in the morning and the main event hasn't even happened yet is such a mindfuck, but. Um, yeah. Imagine you worked on a Sunday morning. You'd have to leave as like the co-main event was walking out. No, remember we had to, I had to do that for UFC 200 and like the main event hadn't happened yet and I had to leave. But um, it's like Bellator need to like like make things easier. I know they do a good job of putting on the YouTube channel. That's grand. But then yeah. they, they have it like going on one time, like one channel this time. Yeah. For one show to be on, you have to like change over three different platforms. Is not great. Yeah. Now, like for us, diehard fans, we'll do it. But uh, yeah, we'll do it's, it. It's, it's it's an inconvenience. Yeah, yeah, it's inconvenient for for the people that wouldn't be overly intrigued to watch it. Mm. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm sure they'll they'll get better over time. Like they just got that new, they just got a contract with the BBC there as well. So. Bellator is getting bigger and better. But, uh, yeah. Ross, we may as well start, start off with Michael Van der Page being Ross Houston by decision. Um, going into this, we both thought MVP would win. I know we previously had MVP on the show and Ross Houston on the show. So that was actually slightly difficult picking one of them to win. Um, I don't, we hadn't been in that situation before. But um, I thought Ross went in and put a, like, gave a good account of himself. Um, I think even at the end, you could see them both talking to each other and they were just like, they really respect each other after, you know what I mean? And like MVP makes light work out of most people, but uh, he was very impressed with MVP. He showed other, other attributes he had to his game, like on the ground, which like nobody like really knew what to expect of MVP once he got taken on the ground. But uh, very impressive. Yeah, I think it's quite funny that because MVP is so, uh, so good at striking, people just seem like he's an absolute fish out of the water. Uh, on the ground, yeah, and like somebody who's that talented at striking can clearly put that effort into his jujitsu and his wrestling, and like he'll be good at that as well. He's never going to be as good a grappler as he is a striker, but like that's like saying Khabib is never going to be a good a striker as yeah. he is a grappler. You know I mean, like those things are just like the way it is. Kazma, on the other hand, has it all. Kazma has it all, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like Kazma uh, has been doing it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, MVP. You know, he came out and he showed us like points of karate fighting. Uh, the first round was actually quite close because I thought MVP was winning the exchange on the feet, 
then Ross Houston got him down and got on top and then sort of more so held him there for the round. Yeah. But then round two was very clear for MVP. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting to see MVP come up, come out with his hands up in the second round. Uh, it's not something we're yeah. used to seeing MVP with. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, Ross Houston gained his res- uh, respect in the striking element as well. Yeah. And then we actually saw some counter wrestling as well from MVP. So maybe uh, Norbert can give us uh, a bit of inkling into his wrestling there. But very, very impressive and a real professional and seasoned veteran performance from MVP. It really was. It really was. It was cool to see that MVP had that in him. Because like, mm. obviously his only loss was to Douglas Lima. And then that, that just that came very early. So no one, you didn't get to see his whole repertoire. But uh, no, that was... I thought that was a good fight. But, uh, obviously, after the fight, Michael Venom Page said that he couldn't, he couldn't really kick because the ground was slippery. So, like, he overcame that situation as well. And then some of the fans in the arena were booing as well. That's what he said. I heard you said to Ross Houston after they were like, he was like, the fans have said nothing all night. Now they start booing. I think it's just once you have a few drinks, people are just like boo, boo. Yeah, but what fans? There was only like professional people in the arena. No, there was fans in the arena, man. I think. Was there? I didn't really hear them. Yeah, they were quiet until like they started booing. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe maybe it was like a bit like on Sky Sports and someone hit the boo button. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't, I didn't actually notice the fans. I didn't actually notice the boos either. Uh, but then again, I, 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 like once the fight was over, I knew MVP won two rounds and one, so I wasn't as, you know, dying to see the post-fight interviews. I was paying probably less attention than I probably should have been then, yeah. so... Yeah, well, but, you're, just, um, you're there for the fights and not really the yeah. fans. It's like, what are the fans doing? Are they eating popcorn? <laughs> what did he even friends? It's like a big box of snails. But uh <laughs> Man, what is hard? They're all chomping on baguettes. And Chomp, chomping on escargot, bro. But uh <laughs> But uh some other fights happened on the card, Ross like Matt Rennell got the win. Um Oliver Enkamp got the win as well. He keeps racking up he keeps he's doing quite yeah. well Bellator. And then um Oh, sorry, I'll, go, I'll jump on to you. Timothy Johnson then won the main event against Czech Congo by split decision. I felt really bad for Czech Congo. Uh, in fairness, the Georges, I think, were Sal Diamato and a few of those. They were all flown over from America. So it's not like he got the role with the French Georges over there. Yeah, uh, that's true. I don't so know. The Georges were actually American, so they're actually on Timothy Johnson's side. <laughs> Man, the recount. But uh, shout out to Karen Clark who got the win as well. And then um, Logie Bear... Like weighed in, faced off, and then the fight got pulled. It, it, it must be like as if fighting someone couldn't be hard enough to build up, to, but knowing that like like you could have your, your your gloves on. Same way Dylan Moran had it over in Mexico when he went over, and then he was ready to go out, and they're like, "Oh, it's off." Like you're literally not in a fight until the two years are actually in the octagon. It's, it's so crazy. It must be such a mind fuck. Absolutely, and especially considering you know cards are few and far between at the moment. And like Bellator will probably be at least another month before they come back to Ireland. So you know, I mean, he's already cut the weight, and like you know, cutting weight over and over again is definitely not good for you. Yeah. What was the overall record that John Kavanaugh had with uh, SPG over there? It was like sixteen wins, three losses. I, I think not far off it. To be honest, it was. I don't know if it was quite as many as sixteen wins, but it was definitely in that region. I'm trying to think. Kiefer lost. I don't really think of it. anyone else lost. Can you? No. Well, we'll, we'll move on anyway. Yeah. But, I, uh, think it was, I think it was like 13 and 1 going into that last one. Yeah. Then, uh, okay, so like, I know there's UFC on this week. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, by the way, make sure to like and subscribe. Um, Ross, we have UFC on this weekend. Bellator is actually on Thursday this week being headlined with Chris Seiberg against Arlene Blenkow for the featherweight world title. Um, like, is Chris Seiberg going to lose, Ross? I'll, I'll, bet you another, I'll, bet you, I'll bet you another glove she wins. I'll bet you a crater monster that she wins by knockout. Oh, that, that means that I'm going to have to take back, give back this crater monster that you owe me. Um... Also, uh, Patricky Pipples fighting on this card as well. He was originally meant to fight Peter Creedy. Then that that didn't work out so, so well. Um, yeah, I think Peter Creedy got injured for that. Yeah. That's actually not good news. And then uh, yeah. Ricky Bandejas is taking on Leandro Higo. Now, that, that's, a, that's a very inter- interesting fight in the bantamweight division, Ross. 
Yeah, it definitely, definitely is. Um, I think if Ricky Mande has wins, maybe he rematches against James Gallagher. If even if Leandro Higo wins, maybe that's who James Gallagher fights next before James Gallagher gets that uh, title shot against Juan Archuleta because there's been a bit of back and forth there as well. Leandro Higo is also out of the, uh, the Pitbull Bros team. So there's a bit of beef there. Yeah, that's definitely... Would you say James Gallagher, you watching that fight? Mm, potentially, I, 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 I know. Like, it's not always the easiest thing to watch Bellator over in Ireland. That's, yeah. It's, it's, so, like, I'm sure if it was on Sky Sports, like it has been previously, he would watch it. But if it's not, maybe not. Never know. I'm sure he is. You know, if you learn anything from Connor, Connor used to watch everything that went on in his division. So I'm sure James does the same. Yeah. Then um, the people's, they're, they're almost the cowboy of Bellator Joe Schilling is fighting on the prelims a record of four and six but like he's, he loves a he loves a kickbox he loves a, kick, a kickboxing fight but he also loves smoking fags so that so it's like he's, he's a badass he is who's he fighting Curtis Melinder 18 and 6 oh no I think Curtis Melinder's definitely gonna win yeah same here but, yeah, uh, he was like fighting the UFC and and then like I think he was 17 and 3 in the UFC so it's not like he had a terrible record and now he's over in Bellator. I just fancy Melinda Twin. If he goes to the ground, like I don't really like Joe Schilling's chances. Yeah. I don't think Joe Schilling likes Joe Schilling's chances if he goes to the ground. But uh, Ross, it was also announced that Bellator, uh, sorry, uh, Cage Warriors are going to be doing another trilogy in December. I think it's like, the, it's around the 12th of December. So that's something that we look forward to as well. You know what I mean? Obviously, all yeah, the we'll back in action then. Yeah, we'll see Ian Gary, um, we'll see Paul Hughes, uh, John Mitchell hopefully as well um, Dylan Tooke might be on this card as well Leon Hill maybe as well so hopefully we'll get to see a few people with you know full camps great rock James Webb the whole, the whole nine yards and hopefully they do Paul Hughes for a title against Morgan Chapa that'll be good and then i say Paddy Pym will be back then as well but um, Ross is there anything else to say because um, hopefully ideally touch touch wood like we're gonna end up cutting to the next scene, which is Norbert next. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, if Norbert doesn't show up, um, hopefully you enjoy the show and make sure to like, share, <laughs> subscribe, and stay energized. But if not, guys, here's our interview with Norbert Nerveni Jr. Enjoy. So Ross, the main man is here now. Norbert Nerveni Jr., how are you doing? Fresh off a win in Milan. Fresh off the plane from Paris, France, watching MVP do his business. How are you feeling? I'm very good, man. I'm a bit tired. I'm not going to lie. It's been a long two weeks. But, yeah, finally I'm back. I'm just, you know, I'm quarantined. So I'm just waiting to go back to training again properly. Start sparring and stuff. Unbelievable. And 2-0 and for the lads over there. You know what I mean? Clean sweep. Uh, which did you enjoy more? Getting your hand raised in Milan? Or enjoying Paris and watching Michael do his business? Yeah, it's two different, it's very similar but very different experiences. Always in my fight, I put the effort into it and like I put the work in. You know, it's nice to finally have it paid off um, and get a W, but also I love seeing my teammates win and I love to see them succeed. So um, they're both very similar but very different experiences. So, well, I say probably my fight. I'm a bit more happy about my fight at the moment because uh, obviously I needed it. I haven't fought since Dublin, so yeah. Before 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 we get into the weekend, uh, sorry, last week your your fight over last weekend. Um, I remember we were in we were at Belter Dublin. You were taking on Will Flurry, um, our mate, our mate, yeah, our mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you went in, and then um, like just those overhand rights just kept landing on Will. Now, we're friends with Will, so hopefully he doesn't take that badly. But, like, myself and Ross are like, this chap is the real deal. And then we found out you we were only, like, 20. So yeah, I think 19 20, at the time, maybe. We, even. The 19, yeah. Was a, yeah. Time, yeah. And it was, like, uh, myself and Ross, like, we've seen a lot of, like, young talent coming through. And uh, we couldn't believe what you're doing. So, like, like, how long have you been doing mixed martial arts? Because, obviously, we're big fans of your dad's movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like, uh, <laughs> what's, what's junior, but what, like, junior, how did you, how did you get into it? Cause, uh, you get your whole game seems very well rounded. Yeah. Thank you. Um, 
Well, I'll start, like, basically my dad made me do as many sports as possible for to have, like, a, a great uh, movement culture, I'd say. Yeah. If you'd call it that. Um, yeah, he made me do dancing, um, karate. So I started with karate when I was, like, maybe two, maybe a little bit younger. So I started, like, barely sounded that fella's throwing the yeah, side yeah. kicks. <laughs> so I was actually, I was actually doing uh, the whole session. So that was that was the mad part because, like, most kids, they didn't really they were playing around wherever. I actually I could stay there. I did like a, an hour, uh, hour long training of karate. So uh, yeah, so I started with that. Then he he was trying to get me into wrestling early, but I just didn't really like it. So I ended up doing basketball for a long time. And he opened his gym in 2010, I'd say. And from then I fell in love with the sport. And since then I've been, I've so probably like 10 years now that I've been doing it properly. And so, is this yeah. all, has this all been in England as well? Because obviously he's, he's won Olympic gold in Moscow as well. Yeah, so no, so I moved to England in 2014. So from oh. 2010 till 2014, I was training maybe even like 2009, maybe something like that. I'm not sure, but since then, so until 2014, I was training with my dad in his gym, uh, at his gym. And then when I moved to England, because my mom was living here. So basically, my dad was like, listen, try to find a gym. Worst case, you come out here for a year, learn, like, you, you learn how to speak English properly, and then you come back and train with us, and train with me. And then I came out here, I found on the shoot where I trained with Will, and I, started, I fell in love with the gym. Like literally the whole atmosphere and the coaching and everything, and it was very far from my house from where I lived. It was um two hours there, two hours like three buses there, and the same on the way back home. So when you're 14 years old and you're doing that, like that's a lot of effort. Yeah. Um, but I just that's just the law of commitment for the game, though. It is. Yeah. I just I just knew I just knew something was was gonna happen with me there. Like they they already had UFC fighters and Bellator fighters, and I was like. They know, they know how to get in there. They got the, you know, they, they got the key to the big shows. So, uh, yeah. and then and then the more I was training with them, the more I realized that my coaches are like geniuses. So yeah, I'm in love with the gym. I'm in love with the people in the gym. I'm yeah, with everything really. I'm super blessed. Yeah. Sorry, I was jumping around there. When my laptop was about to die. I was like, don't die. But. Uh, <laughs> Tell us this, Norbert. Because your dad was such a successful athlete, do you feel like that puts a bit of pressure on you? Or do you feel that pressure? Or yeah. you know, is that very everyone, supportive? Yeah, everyone always asks me that question because it would be a different story if my dad would made me make me do it. If it was him who would be like, yeah, you have to fight, you have to do this and that. But luckily, I'm so lucky because this is my life. Like, I'm in love with it. And, and uh, obviously, there's that... They, actually, I don't feel pressure because I. It's gonna sound bad, but I feel like I'm gonna outdo him in a way. That's a tough feat to do, now. Yeah, yeah. It is it is super tough, but I just <clears throat> I don't know. Who would Obviously, you have to be in a movie with uh, to outdo your dad? Because he's yeah. an artist, so like, who would yeah, you have so, to be with? I don't uh, know. You'd have to be I, with The Rock. Yeah, that would yeah, that wouldn't be bad to be fair. <laughs> but I wouldn't outdo. I probably I don't know if I would outdo him there because uh, I you, you know you never know. But like in in sport sporting wise, I feel like I'm gonna be I I'm gonna outdo him as in on a global level. Like I, I'm I'm hundred percent sure that I will be a world champion, and because of that, I will have a bigger worldwide audience. Than him, if you get what I'm trying to say. Mm, yeah. So I'm gonna outdo him that way. I, I feel like I'm gonna be a bigger name in combat sport. But he's not. He doesn't mind it because uh, he tells me that he he was always been telling me that they told me to do good. So I take his name on because then if I go fight somewhere, everyone's gonna be talking about him. Like we're talking yeah. about him right now. Yeah. So. There was just so much talk about your dad. Dad. Um, yeah. Like uh, like for people that didn't know like. Yeah, yeah, we, we had to like explain to him because it was no, no, hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah, but like that's yeah, that's, un- that's unbelievable. Yeah, he's happy. Like as I said, he I think it was quite smart. Like, well, clearly he was because he knew he mm. knew this was gonna happen. So I think he, he's a he was a bit smug mm. about it as well. He's like, yeah, do your thing, just take my name. Like, you know, everyone's gonna be talking about me anyway. So <laughs> and and Norbert in Milan, like obviously 
your wrestling is like a, a, a different level. And like we even saw against Will, because like Will's wrestling is very good. He's a good grappler, but like you out, outworked him on the ground too. Do you feel out of all the middleweights in Bellator, you have the best grappling out of all of them? Maybe not the best, but one of the top grappling. I do believe though, even though I would draw wherever, I do believe I might have the best striking or one of the best striking in, in, in the world. I know the style I've got. I know how I deal with people. You know, you know, mm. I probably world champion K1 fighters and this and that. And and even this fight, even though I got dropped, because I, well, I got dropped because I was an idiot. So we got a guy in who fights exactly like that guy. And we knew what was going to happen. We knew everything. Literally, my coach, my coach drilled it with me just before I flew out because we knew what he was going to do. And uh, I was just too relaxed in that. And I just wasn't moving my feet fast enough. And then I came back to fight too early and stuff like that. And that's why I got caught. But I, I feel like my grappling is probably one of the best in that division. My striking might be the... Yeah, I feel like my, my striking is, uh, is one of the most elite striking in the, in the whole division. So it's, I haven't really had time or like, the opportunity to uh, show it. Do you think that maybe going forward, uh, you might have an all-British affair with Fabian Edwards down the line? Well, I'm sure he also thinks his striking is top of, top range as well. Also, uh, he fought a teammate of yours, Mike Shipman. So Yeah, so I was going to say that. So I'm not thinking about any of those guys at the moment. I want Shipman to get, get his hands on them because I know, like, if you've seen the fight, Shipman won that fight. There was there was a split decision, and Shipman wasn't really himself. I'm not even gonna lie. So uh, that was Shipman, extremely close. That fight, that fight was extremely close. Yeah, extremely close. I, I feel like he won it, and and Shipman just wasn't himself. So I know when it's gonna be a rematch. Shipman's gonna mm. get a W. Same as with Mustinis, um, he was winning that fight until until he made a little mistake. Um, so I want him to to uh, get those guys, but. At the end of the day, I'm going to be the world champion. And in order to be the world champion, I'm going to have to go through everyone. So uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be, be facing these guys. Yeah, yeah well, I think, I was just going to say, I think if you keep going the way you're going, like, you, you know, you can only fight so many people before you're up fight, facing those guys. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think like, it probably will be sooner rather than later, just seeing how easily you dispatched your last few opponents. Thank you. Well, no, I, I feel like I can't rush it, man. Like, I still make mistakes. Like with my last fight, I made mistakes. Uh, I feel like I made a bit of a meal out of, uh, like, not taking anything away from him. You know, I've got a good relationship with Will. We speak to each other. Mm. Where, like, he's like legit guy. But I feel like after that many knockdowns, I feel like I made a bit of a meal out of the, the fight in a way. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Uh, so you feel like maybe she got in and got the finish. Yeah, yeah. Not in a disrespectful way, but like, I, sh- I feel like I could have done it. So, uh, until I make these mistakes, mm. I know that I'm not ready for a title fight. And I know I make similar mistakes in training sometimes. Uh, so until I'm, not, until I'm making these little mistakes, I know for a fact I'm not ready for a title fight. Because when I go into that title fight, I don't just want to go in and, and go to I, I literally I want to go through everyone. Like I want to show my level. So, uh, but that's a lot of work because Masasi or, and all the top guys in Bellator, they're all super tough. So. I've got a lot of work to do before I, before I can say that I'm, I'm ready to go in there. Yeah, well, I never think there's any to- uh, harm in taking your time, Basma. What do you think? I didn't say that again, no, sorry. No, 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 Ross is just saying there's no, there's no harm in taking your time. Just 100% not. Like, you, you, you're barely even able to drink over in America, Norbert. But, like, um, I, like, I have another question to follow up on this question here. What was it like to fight in the tree arena? And, like, do you think you'll ever be able to match that atmosphere again? I don't know. I want to go back. That, that it was, was like, unbelievable. It was that was the best place ever. Like you guys are just fucking amazing. <laughs> and I remember saying that after the fight as well, because wow, like my mind. Obviously, everyone was booing, uh, but like I, I, I <laughs> that's because you were doing the floss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite funny because if you watch the video, all you can hear is ha ah, boo. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, but when I was walking out, I could feel the energy and at the end, everyone was cheering. So hopefully when I'm back next time, because I will be back, trust me, uh, hopefully they, they will be cheering me. Uh, but yeah, it was just amazing. What an atmosphere and what, what crowd. Yeah. The only place I could 
who I could kind of match it to was Japan Pages fighting because I was out with him. And it was oh, literally yeah. the opposite of the spectrum. Like, they were super quiet, but like, that was amazing as well. I like, literally, I was there mm-hmm. before the, when we got to arena, it was empty. And we walk in and they're literally doing Fedor's walkout. So just practicing the show. And like, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie, I, tear, I teared up a little bit because it's such a big thing. Like, I watched him growing up and I, on Xbox, I always played as him and against him. And now I'm in, a, in top of the arena. His background thingy, his uh, walkout music is in the background. Kind of teared me off. So those two places that I really want to fight uh, and Madison Square Garden. So... We'll uh, give you we'll give you the heads up and we'll walk out tune to come out to get the crowd going. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Nor- Norbert. Also, you just mentioned there you were over with MVP in in Japan. Like, and uh, earlier on the show we mentioned that uh, MVP's ground game looked like it looked way better than we actually expected. And we were saying was well, is because he's training with yourself. Like, how close are you training with Michael these days? And like, um, are you helping him develop in the in the wrestling? I mean, I don't really need to. He's like, he's wrestling. He's, he, you know, he gives him hard work. You know, people don't see it because of his start, whatever. Like, but like this fight, obviously the, the, the canvas was so slippery. Yeah. He couldn't really be himself. So he had to go back to like basic, like, wrestling, like basic boxing. And then, you know, he could showcase his uh, grappling skills off, which is he's got super high level grappling skills. And, and a lot of people don't know that. But like, as you can see there, the Houston's supposed to be a grappler. I think, and and pages out grappling him. So um, yeah, but yeah, you, know, has, you, you must be really helpful in the camp though for him to bring you to Japan as well and to Paris. Like it, you, it, you must be better than like closer than just friends. I'm sure. Uh, I'm yeah, sure he's 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 like yeah he's like a. I, I think it's kind of uh, goes both ways, but he's like a, a big brother to me. Uh, but he goes both ways. He helps so much in my training and MMA as well. And even on the ground, like even if I make a mistake, he's like the hell are you doing? Do this instead. Like, obviously, I, I can help him with little bits where I feel that would work for him. Or like, let's say we're doing a technique together and if it doesn't feel right, I tell him like, do this and instead of that. But he does the same to me. Um, also, it's our coaches who are, who are masterminds. So, uh, but, but we help each other yeah. Help each other out because obviously there's a big competition between us in training. So uh, yeah, it must be it must so, yeah. be it must be unbelievable to, to be sparring MVP as well. Just his stand up is so outrageous. You can only compare it to someone like Anderson Silva or even uh, Wonder Boy. So yeah, like, you having that like like being being used to that, which would be strange to him. Like imagine saying I'm yeah. used to that style. Like that's crazy. But uh, yeah, that, that's why that's yeah, that's how for, after all those years of sparring, that's why I picked up the hands down style as well because. I've just seen it work for him so well. And I feel like, because he gives me so much, because he's a, I don't know, 10 times world champion or something like that. He's literally, yeah. he was the best in the world in that as well. So he gives me like advice on, on stuff that helps me pick it up like this. That for other people, it would take years. I feel like because of him and because of my coaches, these little things, I get to, I can pick them up way easier. Uh, and that's why I realized it works for him so well against me. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to have to do the same thing. <laughs> and Norbert, another person we've had uh, on the show, a friend of ours, who also uh, shows up to shoot fighters every now and then is Big James Haskell. How's uh, James Haskell getting on? And, uh, do you think he'll make his Bellator debut this year or do we have a while to wait for that? Yeah, I mean, you know, James is a lovely guy. Like, I love him. We always message each other as well. He's got great banter. Yeah, he's so that's great. good. He is so great. That, that's, that's really good. Um, yeah, I think COVID kind of messed it up a little bit. He's messed Bertel debut up a little bit. Um, hopefully, hopefully he's going to debut soon. Or I heard he got nervous when I called him out. <laughs> oh, he got nervous when you called him out. Yeah, he was, afraid, he, was afraid, he was afraid to leave some, to someone with a dad bod, you know? Okay, I'll message him after that. I'll ask him yeah. that. Yeah, if that's yeah, true, yeah. yeah. Do, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, no, he's he's super talented as well. Um, you know, he like these guys are natural athletes. You know, there's a reason why he was like one of the best, if not the best rugby player in the world, because he's just natural athlete and he's a heavyweight who's ribbed. Like, he's a unit. Yeah, he's like, massive. I, you know, I stand next to him and I feel like I'm like, ah, oh, 
get out of here. <laughs> like, I don't, want to be, I don't want to be next to him in a mirror because he's just massive and jagged at the same time. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a natural athlete and yeah. um, he's been doing it with long and shoot for some time. So mm. when he was playing rugby, since he was like a teenager, he's been coming down to long shoot to, to wrestle. So, uh, you know, it's not even that it's so far, for, far from him. Like, he's, he's, he's got a lot of experience. Yeah, another question, Norma, right? Like, obviously, your style would be more of a freestyle. Um, when, you're, when you're in the cage, do, would, like, would you have, a, like, a set plan of exactly what you're going to do or practice? Or do you just sort of – do you just have enough confidence in your game that you can just go and uh, get the win? I've got enough confidence in my coaches. Uh, obviously, we've got techniques and, and, set, and, and pieces that we do – uh, in training, and I know I can do them in a fight. <clears throat> but um, you know, when my coaches are in my corner, I I don't mind anything because they, they will like. Sometimes I don't even pay, don't even think. I just pay attention to what they say, and and uh, and I just do what they tell me to do. So uh, and literally, the only time I make silly mistakes is when I don't listen to them. So let's say they they say something like. Uh, go behind him wherever and I go for the submission wherever and I mess it up and that's when I realised like ah oh, okay I should have listened to them so uh, I've got I've got a lot of confidence in my coaches obviously my game as well is that I've been in places like when I fought in the States I was really ill so I couldn't really hear hear them uh, clearly um, so I had to be my because I couldn't hear anything or see anything when I was fighting so I had to rely on my instincts uh, in Dublin it was a little bit hard because uh, obviously the crowd was amazing but luckily, I could hear them as well. Uh, but the crowd was super loud. And um, here, it wasn't here in the states. It wasn't too bad. It's just because I got robbed. I had to get my shit together a little bit before I could hear them again. So um, uh, I just tried to try to listen to them and and do what they tell me to do. And Norbert, um, I just want to ask you on one of the biggest fights in Bellator history coming up. Uh, we have uh, Lima fighting Musasi for the middleweight strap. Obviously, that's your division and your big bro MVP's uh, division. Who do you think is going to get the win there? And do you think if Lima does win that fight, will that affect Michael getting the title shot next? Um, so, I think, to be, to be fair, I think Musashi is going to win that fight because Musashi is like a way bigger version of Lima. Uh, Musashi is just... I generally think that he's the best middleweight in the world. Off to me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and me. Uh, but no, yeah, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. I'm a massive fan of Musashi. Um, he's really good, uh, and Lima's good as well. But I feel like just Musashi is bigger than him, and the side's gonna go to his advantage. I think the only the, there's a way to beat Musashi, which I'm not gonna tell, just in case he watches it in the future. Uh, but I don't think Lima will do that because that's not Lima's style. Uh, and I feel like Musashi is going to win, and then Nima's going to have to move down. And who's he going to fight? Michael Page, yes, he has to fight. Because we all know Page was winning that fight until that one mistake. So uh, hopefully Page get that, gets that rematch as well. And, uh, and, to be honest, there is no other fight to make, I don't think. Well, that's what people want. There's no other fight to make. That's what people want to exactly. see. Exactly. Yeah. Well, who else, who else? There's no one, no, no other big names there at the moment. So it has to be Page. But if he wins. He's not going to move down to where to wait. So he's probably going to try to stay in middleweight. So Paige is going to have to move up. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so if Paige oh, is moving up, I'm moving up as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's going to be phenomenal. And uh, Norbert, just sort of finish up. What thinks next for you? Do you have an opponent in mind next? Or do you have a, a date, time or place where you'd like to fight next? It would be nice to have a fight maybe end of the year or maybe early next year. Early next year would be maybe maybe even better. We'll see, especially now with lockdowns coming back in, in England. I'm not sure about it in Ireland. Um, yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be a bit hard. Um, but yeah, opponent opponent wise, um, I just leave it to to Bellator and my coaches. Uh, as I said, at the moment, I don't feel like I'm in a until I make these little mistakes. Which for a lot of people it wouldn't be mm. big or whatever, but to me, it's they're massive mistakes. And uh, until I make these mistakes, I don't want to be calling people out. You know, I don't want to do this and that. I want to make sure that I, I, I keep my head down in a way. I just go through people. I, I do what I do, and 
eventually when I, I know that I'm ready for a title and 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 be a top contender, uh, I will like. Don't get me wrong. Even now, I feel like I'm ready for that. It's just I have to be myself. If I'm if I'm myself, I am one of the best in the world. I can be in the top five in the world. I believe that. I really do. But I have to be my have to be myself. If I'm not myself and make little mistakes like last fight when I was too relaxed, that that's usually I'm not that relaxed in the cage. Uh, then I then I make silly mistakes. So. Um, I need to make sure that I get rid of these mistakes and then I'll be ready to call anyone out and fight anyone in the world. But at the moment, I just need to know my place a little bit uh, and get my shit together in a way. Yeah. Have you, random question. Have you, have you got any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I've got, I've got a big family. Uh, I've got, my dad's got three kids from three different women. So I've got an older sister in Hungary and a little brother in Hungary. Uh, and I live with my little brother and little sister here in England on my mom's side. Yeah. Yeah. Today, today, compete in mixed martial arts as well. So my little, my uh, older sister, she's actually she was a European champion, uh, point kickboxer like Paige. Yeah. So she used to do that. Um, and my little brother, my dad's dad, obviously he's, he's resting and boxing all the time because my dad. I've, I generally think that my dad pressures, not even pressures him, but takes him to this. Well, like wrestling and boxing a bit more than he did with me in a way yeah. uh, and obviously here my little sister she's uh, too fragile and too much of a princess but like I make her do do boxing and take her to do jits and stuff like that and obviously my little brother I train with him all the time because uh, he enjoys it as well he enjoys two things rugby and, and uh, MMA so uh, yeah he'll do what he loves They, uh, to be fair I don't mind what they do I just want them to be healthy and I want them to be happy uh, and if they can defend them, and always to, to be able to defend themselves, uh, if they end up fighting, okay, I'm not too happy because it's a hard life. But if they're happy doing that, that's good. But yeah, I just want them to be healthy and happy and be able to defend themselves. I think that's the perfect way to end it, Ross. <laughs> yeah, what what a, what a lovely guy. By the way, Norbert, you have fantastic hair. I didn't get to say that throughout the show. Really, Norbert. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's great. But um, Thank you. guys, we'll make sure to drop all Norbert's uh, social handles uh, over the next coming days. So don't worry, uh, you'll get the new followers in the door. My ma has been waiting for the show to follow you. Uh, so guys, <laughs> make sure to like, share, subscribe. And as always, stay, stay energized. energized.